Hello, I'm Sarah Connolly, and if you know me, you probably know that I'm slightly obsessed with the whole be the change you want to see in women's cycling. So I'm super excited tonight to be talking to Heather Bamforth, who's done so much for women's cycling. She's basically changing the landscape. It's really exciting, but she'll tell you all about that. Hi, Heather. Hello, Sarah. <laughs> How are you? Not bad, thank you. Glad it's Friday. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> now, I'm really interested in the stuff you're doing, because um, I think I first like knew, knew about you when you were setting up races but you also run the racing chance foundation which is a charity to help more women ride bikes you have yes. you, you're involved in cyclingshorts.uk.com you do an absolute ton of stuff how do you describe yourself that makes me sound like a jack of all trades master of none doesn't it no <laughs> it makes you sound enthusiastic i suppose i am someone who believes in uh, fairness and equality of opportunity. Mm -hmm. So cycling historically hasn't been either of those for women. I, I used to race as a teenager in the 90s. Mm -hmm. I did a lot on the track. 1994, I think it was, Manchester Velodrome opened. And that's I, I was sort of riding on there from the, from the get-go, really. Mm -hmm. I then took a break from it for work and various things and came back to it in 2011. And... Although it had sort of come on a bit, obviously there was obviously the women's team series that were all pretty much all down south, mm -hmm. and there was a bit more of for a national series. There wasn't much for normal people like me, so as in people who work or have commitments or you know have got got kids or or whatever. Um, and I came I came back into it, and it was basically there was a forty minute circuit race and then there was those in March 2012 and then I asked uh, British Cycling what there was after that and I got told there was a Cheshire Classic <laughs> which is a tough race isn't it yes and uh, well it's it but well, I think probably bar the national championships it's one of the biggest races on the domestic calendar mm -hmm. so I was like great so I, you want me to go from doing a 40 minute crit to a 56 mile road race mm -hmm. I said there's enough there's nothing in between they're like no <laughs> I was like well do you not think that's good that's that's not good enough and they went well we've got no one to promote anything or organize anything I went well I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> not many people know this but uh back in god it must have been 1998 possibly I organized an event called the Eddie Sowens uh, Memorial track meeting which was a round of the national omnium series mm -hmm. and i think he was a junior at the time but bradley wiggins rode it so i was 18 i think when i organized that wow and i also organized uh, the uh, di divisional championships back in that must have been like 97 i think so i, I like organizing things that's just just what i am and i've always my dad was a big uh, road race organizer in in the 90s mm -hmm. And my parents have always been involved in organising stuff. So I suppose I've just been brought up with that concept that if you want to do something, or if something's missing, you know, do something about it rather than just sit there and complain. Oh, it's, I love that. I really, really <laughs> love that. I think that's what made me, made me love your Twitter and just, you know, watching the things that you were doing. Because, you know, that's, that's why I started doing this sort of thing. You know, if, if, if you want it make it happen <laughs> yeah I think and I think I think years ago I think before we had social media there wasn't as much of an opportunity to sort of complain about stuff yeah although <laughs> you won't be surprised to know that 
to, to find out that um, I think I must have been 16, 17. I wrote Cycling Weekly complaining about the lack of opportunity for women. <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then the week after, I got the, there was a, there was a letter in response to my letter from a woman called Joan Kershaw who organised a women's race in in Merseyside, saying, "Well, Heather is complaining about the lack of opportunities, but I note that she's not entered my race." <laughs> and the reason I hadn't entered it was because I was doing a time trial. But I was like, and I wanted to write back. I was like, "No, can't, can't." <laughs> Now, nowadays, you know, you have social media and yeah. I think it's very easy to look at stuff and just go, well, that's not fair or that's not good. And then a lot of social media seems to me to be really negative. And it's a lot of people going, oh, well, oh, well, not doing this, not doing that, not doing that, not doing this. But no one ever does anything about it. Mm-hmm. So I try to be really positive on social media. There are a lot of things that I don't like about women cycling. But I'm not going to say that because <laughs> I, w- I will never publicly say what it is because I'm probably one of the most positive people within women's cycling. Don't take no, for, you can't do that for an answer. That It's always, well, what can we do about it? And that's just the way I am. So I'm, I'm always very careful about what I say because there are people following me. And if, if I start going, oh, that's rubbish, then if I'm, if I'm negative... I can't be like that. You know, you ha- there has to be some positive <laughs> positivity yeah. in, in this yeah. world. Uh, and it's very easy to sort of pick holes in things when actually there are people trying to do stuff. Uh, Hugh Williams tweeted something, what we do in the shadows last night. Um, and that's, it's true, you know. I mean, you've, you've mentioned the, the races that we set up. I had the meeting about doing that in 2012. I got told by British Cycling at the time, Christmas 2012, that if we, if we were to get 10 women on the start line for our, for our road race, um, then they would see that as a success. So kind of saw my arse over that. And <laughs> I was like, there's absolutely no way I'm going to get 10 women on the start line for a road race because that is appalling. <laughs> So um, that's when I sort of went a bit mental on promotion. And we only had 35 women on our first race. But that first year, 2013, um, we had around about 70 women who registered for it. So they all had to, they paid a fiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had people from Scotland, East Yorkshire, London, Bristol. You know, they were coming from all over to do our races. I remember remember the first race, we had 35 entrants and even now getting goosebumps thinking about it because if I hadn't have pushed for it, that wouldn't have happened and those women who were racing wouldn't have had that opportunity. So for me, it's all about providing opportunities and that's what I'm a firm believer in. Yeah, yeah. What I think I've always seen you as is someone who really cares about the cat two three four women about you know I love the work that you did about linking race skills workshops for people who'd never raced before and then giving them a chance to race at the same time like I I see you as a really good gateway drug (laughs) dealer (laughs) for the drug of road racing (laughs) don't want my drugs trust me (laughs) well one of the big things about about setting up the the league for me was that uh, obviously because there aren't many people who are actually doing things it kind of raised my profile quite a lot mm-hmm. that in in itself was a means for me to meet people then you know and spread the love I suppose 
for want of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I came across Hugh as a result of that. Yeah, uh, Hugh Williams. I would never have done the race training skills sessions if it hadn't been for Hugh. Yeah, Hugh is like an unsung hero of of women's cycling. I mean, we started doing our race training sessions in twenty beginning of twenty fourteen. We've probably coached through uh, those sessions and through racing chance. And through the sessions that Hugh's done, probably coached between all of us, so I'm talking like all over the country, probably 500 women, you know. Wow. There's only 1,200 women who have licences in the UK. You know, Hugh is a big factor for um, that, the increase in numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was his idea, so. Yeah. I mean, I remember you you set up some races specifically that had Cat Cat 234 racist and yeah the reason why I did that was because so British Cycling said to me well you got to get 10 riders so if you think about sort of just rewind three or four years you'd have races where uh, I mean and, and it's, it's happening now still to, to a certain extent but probably not as much you'd get races where they were go- they were being cancelled because they didn't have enough riders yeah so my thought process behind the 234 concept was that basically you capped it at a cap two you know the majority of women who race in this country regardless of like what anyone tells you the majority of women are fourth cap third cap or second cap mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. there are only a small proportion of elite and first cap riders category mm-hmm. riders and to be perfectly honest if you're a first cap rider you should you should be good enough to be racing with the men and third cap men anyway and beating them if that's available so for me it was more about trying to sort of look at the market that we were at so who who were we trying to attract into the into the sport ultimately cycling's expensive regardless of what anyone says you know you're spending what upwards of thousand pounds easy on a bike yeah you've got kit then you've got like race entries that go from 10 quid up to 30 quid depending on Mm -hmm. what you're riding and um helmets not cheap even a water bottle you know you're looking at like eight quid for a water bottle yeah so for me from a from a marketing perspective, I was looking at people who who are effectively like me, I suppose, have have a job, who who are sporty, want to be involved in sport, but um, not quite sure what sport they want to do, and then ha- by having an opportunity where we basically restricted the category and restricted the distance, so most fit people, and I'll use that term loosely, obviously, um, <laughs> should be able to ride a bike or be in a, do a race that's two hours without yeah. much training. So yeah. the concept was that we'd basically cap them at 40 miles ish depending on the circuit so that they were never you'd never race for more than 2 hours that was the idea about trying to sort of um capture the the market of women who are who who want to sort of use their energy in cycling and want to have a go at see what they can do and by taking the elite level away from it you're making it more approachable. Yeah. We now have a community in the Northwest, a party on the road, um, hashtag. And <laughs> I remember as a 17-year-old going to races, um, road races, and just like being full of all these people who were like bitching. And I was just like, I don't want that. So it got yeah. to the point where you didn't want to turn up yeah. because you knew that someone was going to say something about you behind your back or whatever. And, and women can be bad, bad enough. So... I was conscious that I wanted I wanted to have an environment where they all felt that they could be encouraged mm-hmm. to, to take part rather than we say, well, you're crap. 
see you don't don't bother coming back yeah I'd have women who'd come to me and say oh well I want to have a go at your race so I spoke to a guy in our club and he said you're not good enough to race it's terrible my my response to that would tended to be just go back and ask him if he's ever done a women's (laughs) race and then and and does he race you know because it also tends to be people who don't race who got a lot of lot to say about it so so we we lost some because the ultimately one of the one of women's sort of downfalls i suppose is that that we take we tend to take things to heart yeah so if someone says something to us that like well yeah perhaps they're right you know oh i won't bother so then they don't come back then yeah 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 yeah. and especially when you're like it's scary i mean road road racing is scary it is it is is. and it's dangerous and you but you want something between a breeze ride piddling around the park and you know I had a girl whose whose husband had never raced in his life before and we had the bath round of the tour series so he decided to enter and he could enter in cat four and you know and feel comfortable that not just that he was going to be okay and not have the piss taken out of him but also that he wasn't going to like damage anyone do you know what I mean like like he wasn't accidentally swerve and break someone because when you're all lumped in together you can see why but you know you can see why for example your elites want to just head off down the road and not have someone crash into them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that concept though is kind of one of the things that I've since been coming back into cycling, I've been trying to sort of I'm conscious that there's a lack of development. And that was the the point behind the the league that we did mm. in the in the northwest. But it's about starting to build a pathway for women to enter who enter the sport so they've got somewhere to go and because cycling in the UK is very much like, to me, it's very much like a strange-shaped Christmas tree where you've got um, a massive base, in inverted commas, that's your, your uh, pot, so to speak, your Christmas tree, which is your participation, your sky yeah. ride, your breeze. Then you've got your, your stars on the top with like your um, team suit, Lizzie, Laura Trot, and then you've got your sort of foundation, whatever they're called now, your, your talent team, that in the middle. But then for anybody who wants to go from that pot up to anywhere in the tree, there's no no means of doing that. Yeah. So for me, that was an obvious gap in the market. So the end of 2012, I kind of felt a bit bad that I was trying to coerce a load of women into doing road racing for the first time without them knowing about what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> so through cycling shorts, I wrote a load of guides. So I think it was like a six-part guide to women's cycle, women's racing. Yeah. And basically it was like what training to do, what to put in your kit bag, what happens when you turn up on race day, that type of stuff that people never tell you about. Yeah. And then you get to a race and go, oh, oh, hang on a minute. And then you go, ah! the one did no one ever tell you no you know it's like simple things that you wouldn't think of so I I try I tried to sort of take it step back right if I didn't know what I was doing what would what would I want to know and that's that's what we did so so that's when we ended up with 70 I think for the road race league in 2013 Katie Archibald rode one of our races Uh she she won the second race she wasn't really on the scene at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. When she was just trying to find her way in. Yeah, so uh, that was that was obviously that the start of the their lead up to Glasgow Commonwealth Games. Mm. So we had Katie Archibald ride. Then we continued with 2014 on the off the back of Hugh Sessions, basically increased our starting numbers by 100. percent We had 35 in 2013 in March. And in March 2014, we had nearly 70 on uh, entries. 
mm-hmm. that then petered off and this year we had a full field of 80 wow so you know to ride around an industrial escape state in Skelmsdale <laughs> in the pouring rain so I've been to Skem <laughs> you know where I'm going with it oh my god so for anybody who sort of like wants to develop, okay, yeah, I get that riding around an industrial, industrial estate in Scalesdale isn't what you're thinking when you're looking at Bradley Wiggins or the Yates brothers or Lizzie Armstead or whatever, whoever on, on the lovely foreign sunny road somewhere. Riding around an industrial estate in the rain isn't kind of what you imagined was what cycling is about. But, you know, it's an opportunity and, you know, we didn't have that before. So... Yeah. We're obviously doing something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you are because I mean, I laughed because I saw when the um, British Cycling Women's Calendar for next year came out, yes. and people were complaining about too many races in the north, and and I I did have a little bit of a laugh because it's like, well, I mean, it's slightly tempting to say, oh well, you know, you don't like it, do something yourself, which I don't agree with because not everyone can do, but it equally was like, well, there's a reason that there's so many races in the north, and that's because people are really putting their hearts into it, you well, know. Well, well, the other thing is though, what people forget is that the north of England is actually the middle of the UK. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. So you know, I, I appreciate that if you're if you live in Penzance. Yeah, going up to even going up to um, Cheshire is like a complete nightmare. Yeah, and so going up to the Tour of the Reservoir would be even worse. Yeah, but you know, but, but then equally, you know, if you live in if you live in Durham and you're going down to Penzance, that's a that's yeah. a bitch too. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm completely with you, and especially because of Scotland, especially because of yes. Wales, you know, Northern Ireland. It's it's it is what it is, isn't it? But yeah, it's and, you know, and ultimately, I know it's not quite the same, but. The, the women's team series for the for the for the, on the domestic calendar they are pretty much all down south yeah prior to 2013 if you wanted to road race but wanted to didn't want to do the national road series then you had to go and travel to the women's team series so anybody yeah. up here had to travel down to Twickenham or Bedford you know and that's it's it's a lot of money and the yeah. thing is this, our sport can only grow uh, if people sort of buy into what we're trying to achieve and then they have opportunities and they can decide whether they want to do that travelling or not. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, it's a national road series. That's the highest level of racing in our country, apart from the national championships. Mm. So, you know, it's aimed at people who want to who want to be the best. So if, if you want to be the best, then part of that sacrifice to be the best is that you know, you have to travel to those places to do those races, and that's that's what it's about. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. And th- and it also frustrated me a little bit because, to me, the story of wow, look, you know, there's there's more races in the in the north in the north is about the work that you that people like you have been, especially you, have been doing to to build this up. It's like, yeah, that's great. I've always said I've got no idea where the races are in the southwest apart from the Bristol Grand Prix which was set up by my friend Nicola Waterworth last year for the first time and and the tour series I couldn't name you a race in the southwest you know but I know where your races are and I know what you're doing one of the things that where we've kind of succeeded up here is that you have to embrace social media one of the traps that you can fall into is like right well we race on the calendar so everyone's going to go everyone will find it well, they don't. 
and <laughs> I can't work out the calendar on British Cycling website. I, I, I try and try, and every year I, I, have to, I have to say, Sarah, you know, it's not everyone thinks it's just women, it's women cycling. Well, actually, it isn't. This year, Racing Chance promoted a race in the Peak District. And the reason why we, we promoted it was because the circuit was going to be lost if if we didn't have a no one promoted on it. So we said, okay, yeah, we'll we'll promote the yeah. race. That's fine. You know, it's a big deal for us keeping the race in on the, in the Peak District. So we'll we'll promote it. Yeah. So we had a regional B race, which was a third and fourth cap men, and then we had a national B race, which was elite first and second cap men. And up until probably about three or four weeks to go to the race, we didn't know whether we were going to go ahead with a national B race or not. Yeah, because we had no we had no entries. The thing is, everybody's really really keen to sort of slag off women cycling. Oh, the women just don't turn up. Well, actually, the blokes are just as bad. Oh, do not even start me on that because I think if I see another race that's like a women's crit at six o'clock on a Wednesday <laughs> in 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 a town that I know is really hard to get to, yeah. do you know what I mean? complaining about oh you know not enough women are turning up we're going to have to cancel it and being slightly bitchy about it i'm going to slap somebody because it just it kills me it's like problem that cycling has right is that there is a big difference between the men's elite scene in the uk a domestic scene and the women's domestic elite scene in the uk they're completely different the men who are racing those types of events so your otley and all that all those they as a rule the majority of them won't have a job their job is to ride their bike that's yeah. you know that that level of right rider they will yeah. probably either have a part-time job and then get some their their riding is racing is subsidized by their team or they're paid by their team the women bear in mind is it um uh pauline ferron provoke wasn't paid by her team when she won the world championship. You know, she's was she, was she working for French government or something? Oh, she's both. Pay, she's paid through three lines of money. Yeah, yes, so, but, but, yeah. but she. But effectively, she still needs to rely on a different source of income. And the powers that be, unfortunately, are of this strange. This this some weird myth going around that all the women are actually. Um, you know, are all full-time riders, and it's like a load of rubbish. Okay, there may be some, there may be, like, say, 10, 15, 20 who are, but that's not the whole field. No, and also, and also, not everyone wants to be. No, I think no, this is a really yes. interesting thing, is, is, is the route, like, where I love what you do, is there's room for people who, who want to have a job, and, or have a family, or have both, and also support, like you'd never say to someone in tennis, for example, oh, you know, you've got to give up and become a tennis pro. Like there's tons of things that you can do. There's loads and loads of levels that you can do that at. You know, if you run, there's a ton of different races, you know, race levels that you can do marathons, half marathons without being full time. So it's a weird thing that we kind of assume. It's... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where um, where Racing Chance sort of came about. Because, so as I said before about, you know, by it raised my profile so I got to talk to various different people through doing the road race league and mm. then I'd be having a conversation with certain, like a couple of people about how it used to be so in the 90s um when I was a teenager I was on the northwest center of excellence they didn't have like a talent team back then Joe like the, the under 16 type of thing they didn't really it wasn't it wasn't set out like that. There wasn't a proper structure, and anybody who had like sort of who was fairly 
looked half decent or had potential, they tend to be invited to, to, to their regional centre of excellence. And mm-hmm. you go out on a road ride and you'd have a talk be- beforehand and you do some like stretches in this weird dusty place and then you go out on a bike ride. <laughs> and that was with the the, the men and the, the women. And that sort of disappeared. With, with that disappearing, it also meant that the people who sort of didn't fall within that the performance pathway of BC, you know, there's nothing for anybody who doesn't fall within that, within that, yeah. which is now we understand a track-based programme, you know. Yes, I was going to say, like, to be in the performance programme, you've basically got to say, I want to be a team pursuit rider. Yes. And so, so for me, that was like, mm, okay, because the, I mean, Centre of Excellence stuff, it was seminars and stuff like that, you know, it was, it was, it was really good it was just it was just good you know it was it wasn't concentrated on all like let's go ride around some cones it was <laughs> you'd go out and do a proper ride yeah. and and I so, I so I kind of came across Alan Gornall who's Amy Gornall's dad yeah and um, we were sort of discussing it and we obviously we had a lot of similar ideas and then um and then I came across Colin Batchelor uh, from um, from Team Twenty Two, yeah. and it must have been like this time in twenty thirteen, possibly, or maybe just maybe October time. And he was saying to me about how for for twenty fourteen there was hardly any women who'd received funding through Dave Rayner, and he said to me, he was like, why don't why don't we set up a women's Dave Rayner type fund? <laughs> so I said. Uh, yes and no. I don't believe that women need solely money to go and... I don't personally feel that giving a young girl £10,000, for example, to go and live in Belgium on her own but for, for three or four or five or six months is necessarily the best thing for her. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I said to him, I'd rather, I'd much rather... If we're going to do, if we want to do something like that, then we take them to races, but we support them. Yeah, I mean, as as a as a student, I went, I lived abroad for eight months when I was what must have been what twenty twenty. No, 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 it was my twenty first birthday. Happy twenty first <laughs> birthday in Florence, yeah. Um, and I, I lived in Italy, and I was with my best friend from uni, and that was all right, wasn't so bad. But then I lived in um, Poitiers in France for five months, as in near mm-hmm. Futuroscope, and <laughs> I was on my own and it was horrific. I'd come home every three months, every, every three three weeks, basically as much as I could afford, because it's really lonely being on your own. Yeah. In a foreign country. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And th- um, there are riders out there who've gone abroad, female riders, and, you know, it takes a certain type of person to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, it can break people that. So yeah. I wasn't willing to put my name to something where by basically he's just wrecking a load of young girls' lives. Yeah. So that's and that's where Racing Chance came about. And it was basically to sort of be an organisation whereby kind of bit like the Women's Cycle Racing Association that used to be in existence, um, which folded around, around about 10 years ago, I think. And just to be a common voice for women in cycling in the UK that was kind of what we wanted to do and provide opportunities for people who who don't get the opportunity to be on a team that's going to be taking them abroad and Mm -hmm. and you know and because one one of the biggest things for me in women's cycling is that you know there's there's 
there are opportunities, but some of them are a bit more nefarious than others. And yes, 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 yes. I and mean, we all know about some of the terrible, terrible teams that people get stuck on. Um, naming no names, it's some of the small Italian teams. Well, you know, yeah, uh, and and I come. From, I'm I'm I work for a, an accountancy firm. I'm not an accountant. I work in restructuring. I help businesses that are in financial distress. And um, so I, I understand how important it is to show people, you know, how much money you're making yeah. and where that money's going. Because mm-hmm. there, are, there are a lot of outfits in amateur sports and pro sport, as we're finding out with FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, that money just disappears. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, it's about trust. So we decided that, we wanted to set Racing Chance up as um, a charitable uh, organisation so that there was a, the transparency element to it. And we actually struggled to get it through the Charity Commission because we had to prove to the Charity Commission that cycling was inherently sexist <laughs> because we were only providing opportunities for women. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so mm. the fact that we've managed to be... Re- we're now a registered charity... <laughs> Cycling. That, what you will. Cycling in Britain officially sexist. <laughs> right. So effectively, the reason why um, I wanted to do the wanted to go down the charitable route was because as as trustees, so that's myself, Alan, Colin, uh, Carly Braley, we're not allowed as as a trustee of the charity to have any personal benefit from it. Yeah. So, because I'm conscious that there are, it looks like we're getting loads of stuff for free, but I'm not. (laughs) Trust me, my bank balance tells me I'm not. (laughs) This is why you're a full-time worker on top of everything else you do. (laughs) For me, that's why we've done it like that, because then we can't be seen to be getting any personal benefit from it. Yeah. And that then means that we're kind of in a, kind of in a different position to perhaps like teams and and profit making businesses because we can't make a profit so yeah. it's always going to be for other people mm-hmm. you know so we, we set up racing chance and the, the idea is uh, that we're transparent all our accounts and our annual reports are on uh, the charity commission yeah we're a registered charity you can search the charity commission website to find that information so that's why I did it, so that people could see that how much money we've got. And the, and the other thing was that as a registered charity, we, we can benefit from gift aid. So yeah, um, if people want to donate, when we have a donate button through My Donate on our um, website, racingchance.com. Um, <laughs> so what exactly do you do? Um, if, so if you were going to describe Racing Chance in a nutshell. Our main aim, per the Charity Commission's website, is um, to provide racing and training opportunities for women in competitive cycling that's from um, novice level all the way up to elite level so taking 2015 which is our first proper functioning year as an example this year we've coached probably around about 100 women mm-hmm. um, who are who attended novice race training sessions and we were the umbrella for the northwest series of road races mm-hmm. we sent teams to tour of Norway, ladies tour of norway as you're aware yes and um we also sent a team to the tour of the ardesh yeah and four of the girls who represented us 
abroad at those races secured pro contracts off the back of that. Yeah. So effectively, I don't suppose you can get a bigger range of people, really. Yeah, yeah. So you're literally everything from... So basically, you're doing everything from someone who's trying her first race through to someone who wants to actually get picked up into the, into the elite racing system. Probably 18 months ago, I, I we did um, we, wrote, we had a strategy, a three-year strategy, I think it was, about where we wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. And we kind of achieved what we wanted to achieve in three years in less than 12 months. So... <laughs> Uh, fabulous. <laughs> so we we're going back to the drawing board in uh, in the new year to sort of agree what our next our next three to five year strategy is going to be. Mm-hmm. But that will be centering around not only because uh, obviously a lot of the stuff that we do at the moment is based in the northwest. Yeah. So we will be looking at uh, ways in which we can reach out around the rest of the the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, um. Already. I don't know if anybody who's listening has seen, but there is a group on Facebook called the... I've changed it to the Racing Chance Women's Racing Forum group. Yeah. And um, <laughs> originally originally that was set up off the back of... There was a Junior Women's Road Series petition. Yeah. Um, so basically that we, uh, Hugh Williams set that the Junior Women's Road Series group up. And then off the back of that, I realised that there's no coordination, and this is a problem. This is the problem. The main problem with the with the cycle cycling on a domestic level in the UK, there is no coordination between regions for women's racing, which the might not seem like a big issue, but it isn't like the men's scene. There are like, I think there are about thirty five thousand license holders for the men, mm-hmm. whereas with the women, there's probably around probably about eight hundred women who race like consistently so they go from one region to another they will travel all over the country yeah, if yeah, they're yeah, yeah, races yeah. right because there aren't that many opportunities so what happens this what happened this year we had um loads of different people saying oh yeah i want to promote a race I want to promote a race but then it ended up that we had like lots of different races clashing yeah. and and then you basically not you've not got a big pool to start off with but when that pool is then like thinned out to such a degree because you've got three events on at the same time well doesn't really help our our cause Mm -hmm. because all that happens is organizers just complain about well the women they're not interested Mm -hmm. and then you lose a race yeah so i figured that the easiest thing to do would be to do a spreadsheet (laughs) and upload it into this facebook group Racing Chance Women's Racing Forum, and then basically ask people to put their events on the spreadsheet. Yeah, which is what we've done. And um, then someone started saying to me, "Well, what about the um, time trials that are women specific? You know, aimed at women." And so I said, "All right then." <laughs> so we have an extra tab on the spreadsheet now that has time, well, time trials that are aimed at women or where there are uh, the national championships or you know all the big the big events because there's just no coordination between anything nobody speaks to anybody else yeah. so and also you wouldn't necessarily know how to either because because i think sometimes it's by by being left alone but sometimes it's just like by people who just wouldn't know who they don't to talk know they to. don't know they don't know like I, um racing chance foundation we're a club and uh, one of the things that I wanted to do with Racing Chance was to have it as a club so that their local club, because women might not want to join it because it's like really yeah, 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 male-dominated, yeah. but then they might be uncomfortable 
joining like they don't want to join a team for because of the commitments involved yeah. so we set up a club as part of our structure we have a club and it's five quid to join but we're we're affiliated to british cycling cycling time trials because mo- a lot of teams aren't affiliated to cycling time trials so you don't get to do time trialing but time trialing is actually one of your key key skills as a road racer yeah yeah um yeah. Cycling time trials, and then then because we're based in Manchester, I'm affiliated to the Manchester and District Ladies Cycling Association, which is they they do women only time trials. Yeah. And then so I I've done loads of time trials in Cheshire under Racing Chance this year, and there's a Cheshire Point series, right? And basically, if you ride one of their events, one of the Cheshire Point series events, you get points towards the Cheshire Point series. Only oh, I'm looking at the results going. Hang on a minute. Why why my name on these? Where's my name on these? Where's, and then someone goes, oh, well, you've got to join the Manchester District Town Trial Association. I'm like, what? <laughs> Where does it say that? Well, so it, It's so okay. Like, I, I sometimes think cycling's like one of those clubs that you, you when you're a teenager. And, you know, if you know too much, if it's too easy to do it, then they just don't want to, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, you, you yeah, get off on the arcane know, knowledge and the kind of weirdness. Well, it's like a secret society thing. Yeah. And I was like, what, what, but I was getting uh, information through from cycling time trials via my district, which is Manchester. So I just presumed, <laughs> you know, yeah. common sense logic that, that I would be, we'd be part of the, the, the local time trial association, yeah. but we're not. <laughs> so ask the question, you know, how do I join this? Who do I pay? Yeah. And so, but we're affiliated to the ta- to our local time trial association as well next year. So the the idea is that you know, I didn't know that, and I I tend to be able to find stuff out. So so part of my job, I suppose, in inverted, my role is to sort of break down those silos that exist that stop people from talking to each other, stop people from from entering events, and just because ultimately. The big, it's one of those isn't it? the biggest lies are the lies you tell yourself. So if you say, "Oh, I can't do this," or "I can't do that," well, actually, most women who ride a bike regularly are good enough to race. It's yeah. whether they want to take that step up or not. Yeah. But I always say, whenever I do any coaching, I always say to them at the end, "Do not let the reason that you decide that you're not going to race be because you're not good enough, because you are." Yeah. And then, then it's up to them to go on and do that. But yeah. you know, for, for me, for it was important to have a club structure so that you know we can encourage people to to have a go if they want to but not if they don't so like so for example this year for anybody who joined uh, racing chance when we had our racing chance northwest series every single person who was either a first claim or second claim member got an email prior to the to our one of the events in the series whatever event it was in the series telling them all about it Mm -hmm. so you know it's stuff that that I've I've always been taught and but isn't taught nowadays yeah. Yeah. because we unfortunately one of the problems with women cycling in the UK is that the club structure apart from like places like London has disappeared yeah I, as a, as a teenager I used to go out with the the club my local club and you go out on a club run and then you get you'd learn how to sit on wheels you'd learn how to you know you'd learn from other people but that doesn't exist for the women now. For, for some reason, they they go on teams and then they don't they don't they don't stay with the club. What, what that's that's one of the things that we've been doing with Racing Chance. We've been doing training rides, structured training rides, because that's what you need to develop. You yeah. know, it's 
it's not rocket science, but that's where we're at, I suppose. So if there are any future Heathers out there thinking, yeah, I'm really fired up and I want to, you know, start something in my area, what advice would you give them? Um, first one, don't take no for an answer. <laughs> Learn to be resilient. Yeah. And um, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. You know. And, and what do you think, looking back, what do you think the things that you did, like without necessarily knowing it at the time, but what do you think are kind of been keys to your success? Apart from, you know, apart from like not listening to anyone who told you it wasn't going to work. <laughs> like, I mean, do you think it's like social media? Do you think it's, uh, have there been key links that you think, yes, that was, you know, that was looking back, that's superb. One of the benefits I suppose I have is that I come from um, a traditional cycling club background mm-hmm. and which has meant that I've had access to different types of racing and um, so like for the Manchester and District Ladies for example I won their school girl championship and their junior championship in the 90s and they there was loads of women's associations cycling associations that were set up because in in the 60s or earlier than that women weren't allowed to race with the men yeah so they set up all these women's racing associations so that they could do it but for the Manchester and District ladies, the, the the community spirit that's um, at those events, that is something that I wanted to emulate on the road because you, you basically you do your time trial, you go back and you have a load of cake and you have a natter with all, everyone else at the, the headquarters uh-huh. and everyone's like, they're nice. And so that's kind of, that that is what I wanted to emulate for the road scene because that's how you encourage people to come back. Yeah. But I suppose... You have to push it on social media, not like overly push it. I'm not talking like where it's basically you're you're at the point where people want to switch off because <laughs> yes. all you're hearing about is a particular event. And you're like, oh my god, mute it, mute it. Yeah, mute yeah, it. yeah. I've heard about that. I've already, I've already signed up. What more can I do? Yeah. <laughs> You've got to be. It's kind of a fine 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 line. Always be positive. Lead by example, and you know. I suppose it is don't take no for an answer, but also be kind of realistic on what you're looking to do. Mm-hmm. I always knew that with with our road league, what market I was aiming for and why I was doing it. And I think sometimes people can be really keen, but then they lose sight of the real reason why they were doing it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yes, I do know that one. <laughs> so, you know, that's probably what I would say. But, but you have to push it on social media. You absolutely have to push it because... This goes for any anybody who wants to promote a woman's event. You have to push it on social media. You have to tell people, give them a link. I, do you know, it really irritates me when people when I get organisers moaning that no one's no one's entering the race, but then they don't give you a link to the event. <laughs> and and it's simple, you know. It's not it's not like it's not rocket science we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the thing what what people need to remember about women women who race is that. By definition, they will be. They pretty much tend to be really busy. So if you've got to then go away and it's going to take you ten minutes to find out something, then you're just not going to bother. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I think that's the thing as well is just make it super snappy. Yeah. And I guess I guess also kind of connecting with you know connecting with other people because that's the other thing I don't understand is you see a lot of racers that will be promoting themselves but they won't be promoting another race and I kind of feel like well people are either going to come to your race or not but if there's another race that's like a month later promote them it becomes a virtuous yeah, cycle yeah I think that that's kind of something that we're looking at sort of trying to do in the new year so um, there'll be there'll be news on that 
in the new year um hopefully oh exciting i see this is the other thing is is if, if, if i'm so interested to see what you're going at because I, I i i kind of have this sneaking suspicion that this is just the beginning uh, <laughs> and there's gonna I hope be so, Sarah. And, no but just imagine how great it's gonna be because i mean obviously there's gonna be like the future olympic star who says you know well i grew up in the northwest and there was such yeah. a thriving scene that you can be proud of but there's also going to be tons of women who just wanted to who are a bit competitive and just wanted to race, you know, alongside their jobs and wanted to have that feeling competition and just exactly. enjoy it. Exactly. I mean, you know, pe- people talk about people for ro- role models, for example, like Lizzie or Laura or someone like that. And, you know, but for me, in the Northwest, for example, uh, one of the Team 22 girls, she's, she's, she's my age and she's a consultant at a local hospital. Yeah, she's her story is amazing, and she races, but she's mid thirties, and she's consultant in one of the biggest hospitals in the north in in like Manchester. Mm-hmm. So you know, for me, that that's the type of thing that we need to start doing for these for these for these women, showing positive role models that aren't necessarily all based in cycling, and also kind of saying, you know, if you've like me, I never knew that. Tri- I used to do distance running. I used to do distance swimming, and I used to do cycling. I never knew triathlon existed. I grew up down the road from the little velodrome. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like God damn it! If I'd have known, you know, if I'd have known triathlon had 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 been a thing, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And it's not to say I'd have I'd have set the world on fire, but. I, I, it's just, it's, you know, but for someone who's in her 30s and thinking I can't, or in her 40s and think I can't, do, that's do, what I love about what you do. Well, shall, shall I let you into a, into a secret? Go on. Uh, well, it's not really a secret, but um, this year um, I was asked about doing an overs category for the series. And I looked at the numbers and there were, there were I think we had 12 juniors that were riding. But I was trying to work out whether to have an over 35 category or an over 40 category. And I had to go with the over 40 category because <laughs> there were more over 40s. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and that that is that's one of the things that where, where we want to go, you know, providing opportunities for people. It doesn't matter what age you are. You can have a go. The, the other thing, I'll, the other thing I'll sort of kind of leave you with, I suppose, is that at the moment there's around about 12, just over 1200 women who are, have li- licenses to race in the UK. Mm-hmm. But there are, as far as I'm aware, over 150,000 women who play football a week. Wow. And over 60,000 60, women over the age of 14. So, okay, you've got the kids in. But who, who play cricket? Wow. So think how much about the room for manoeuvre there is with women cycling. Oh God, you make me so excited. You make me so excited and, and positive about the future. It just feels like, it feels like, you know, in 10 years time, where we'll be is going to be so different. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for your time. If people want to get in touch with you, you've got a lot of writing on cyclingshorts.uk.com, which yeah. is where people can find your beginner's guide. Yes. And, and I'll put links to all of this on my blog, prowomenscycling.com. So if people are listening and can't track down the, the links, then just go to my site and you'll have that. You've got the racing chance.com of course for the yes. foundation and that's got a calendar of races that you run yes. and that's also yes. got training events that you're yes. doing on there yes. your heather b spelled h-e-v-e-r-b yeah on Heaver. twitter Heaver. Heaver. i thought it's heaver but it's actually heather b it's because i'm a southerner in it but um <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and obviously Racing Chance um, has got a great Facebook as well if you want to kind of, which has got re- tons of like really interesting stuff about uh, links and articles. Yes. And people can join your club for just a fiver. Yes. What else am I missing, Heather? Um... I suppose I feel like I should apologise because it's not very pro women cycling, is it? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> but I, I, no, I think I think that's it. We're we're on um, Twitter at Racing Chance. Yeah. Um, you know, and I suppose the the the, the, the only other person that um, I haven't mentioned, and I feel like I must mention because without her, she, she's kind of my inspiration. Um, is Anna McGrath from from Cycling Shorts because she does so much work behind the scenes for Racing Chance, um, and probably without her we wouldn't have our fantastic website. So give her a follow as well. Excellent. Yeah. Where do we find Anna? She's Puff Tales on Twitter. Puff Tales on Twitter. Excellent. And if anyone wants to donate to Racing Chance Foundation and help support your amazing work, they can do that on the site. Just give them a fiver. You know, don't buy, buy don't 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 enter your office Secret Santa. Give Racing Chance a fiver. Claim gift aid too. You can claim gift aid. Claim gift aid. That makes it like <laughs> that makes it nearly six pounds. Um, yeah, it's awesome. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I cannot wait to see what you do in the future. Thank you very much. Fingers crossed, oh. eh? <laughs> yeah, watch out, world. Cycling's going to come. 